Well, I have a slightly heavier subject matter this morning, which I'm sorry for on a cold day like this, but I want to talk about two existential issues that arise in our readings. The first is Isaiah's declaration. I have labored in vain. I have spent my strength for nothing. And the second is Jesus' question. What are you looking for? This declaration and question are at the heart of struggles we all face, perhaps especially at significant milestones, during midlife crises, or in our later years. All of us want to feel like we have made a difference, that we have spent our efforts for the benefit of others and ourselves instead of laboring in vain. And all of us seek fulfillment in life perhaps in a successful career, a certain level of income, and happy relationships. Now, the start of a new year is an excellent time to ponder this declaration and this question. And I've been wrestling with them recently, so there's a good sense in which this sermon might be the one that I need to hear. So what does God have to say to us about the problem of laboring in vain and the question of what we are seeking in life? Simply put, God opposes vanity by reminding us who we are in Christ. And he answers our deepest longings by inviting us into fellowship. So I'm going to make those two points in turn this morning. Our Old Testament lesson from Isaiah 49 is part of the famous servant songs that occur toward the end of this great prophetic book. These songs address the calling of God's servant and the work the servant undertakes to bring God's light and salvation and justice to the nations. The historical context of this prophecy suggests that the servant is the people of Israel. But the New Testament and later Christian theologians have read these in reference to Jesus, as most of you probably know. Yet prophecy is not limited to just the historical context and its New Testament interpretation. This is because God speaks to us through these words to address current circumstances that we face in daily life. To see this, let's consider how the conversation between God and the servant unfolds. God makes four statements. I created you, called you by name, comforted you by my redemptive actions, and commissioned you to be a light to the nations. All of this is uplifting and affirming. Yet the servant responds, I have labored in vain and spent my strength for nothing. One way to read this is historically. It's the cry of the heart uttered by the Israelites in exile who lost everything after turning away from God. Yet we can also read this existentially and apply it to us. Unfulfilling jobs, financial pressures, busy home lives, challenging diagnoses, fracturing relationships, all of these things weigh us down. In these moments, many of us come to feel that life and labor have been wasted with missed opportunities and mistakes undermining our happiness. After all, our successes are often short-lived and our failures long-lasting. 
So what can we do to address this existential situation? Thankfully, Isaiah gives us the antidote in the second half of verse 4 of his prophecy. The best way to counter the feeling that life and labor are in vain is to recall how God views each one of us. To this end, Isaiah says, my cause is with the Lord, and my reward is with my God. In other words, aligning with God leads to happiness rather than vanity. We are given our cause with the Lord in our creation and calling. At the start of the song, the servant notes being created by God and then called by name. This means that God knows the servant intimately and views the servant as a person with dignity, someone to love and care for. And it follows that labor neither defines the person nor determines the person's value. God does those things. This is a great challenge to our contemporary culture, which confers meaning and value through our work. Our cause, then, according to Isaiah, is to pursue meaning in life with God, rather than meaning through our labor and achievements. That is what leads to feelings of vanity and emptiness. So that's the cause, first part of the antidote. The second part of the antidote is the reward, and there are two parts to this. The first is that God comforts us by his gracious action. Isaiah says that God rises up and restores Israel, turning the lament of exiles into a joyful song. God does the same for each of us in challenging situations provides the strength and the joy that we need to endure. The second part of the reward is that God commissions each one of us to play a unique role in the world. The servant is made a light to the nations to bring God's salvation to everyone. And similarly, God gives each of us a particular role to play in our families, our communities, even our church. As persons with dignity given by God, we have much to contribute. So Isaiah says, to oppose the thought that life and labor are in vain, we need to remember who we are. A person created, called, and comforted by God, and then commissioned to do God's work in the world. And it is with this conception of who we are in place that we can ponder Jesus' question. What are you looking for? This is actually a question about fulfillment. Our culture teaches that fulfillment and happiness are found in work, in possessions, in money, and relationships with a significant other. That's what we're taught to look for. Yet those things cannot truly deliver the fulfillment we seek. They're parts of a life typically characterized by shorter-term happiness. And on one level, we all know this. Yet, we still experience the temptation to change jobs, seek more money, get new things, or leave a partner 
when an unexpected level of happiness does not materialize. To challenge this temptation, Jesus invites us not to flee from the status quo, but to come and see. To come and see where he dwells and to remain there with him. This is actually a very important point in the spiritual life. We want to flee from stress, from loneliness, from unhappiness, don't we? But what we often do is run to things that are actually not fulfilling. How many of us have thought that happiness will be in the next good thing or the next new set of life circumstances? The problem is when we're constantly on the run, we cannot slow down enough to see that fulfillment is a gift given by God when God dwells within us by the Holy Spirit. And this is why we need Jesus the rabbi, the teacher, to show us that true happiness is responding to his invitation to come and see. To come and see and enjoy life with him. Here's the point. Since we are created in God's image for life with God, seeking happiness elsewhere leaves us restless and struggling with the vanities of life. Fulfillment is always just out of reach. But if we realize that true happiness is found in our current circumstances, in our life with God, we are set free from the futile pursuit of happiness in the next new thing. In other words, the abundant life that God promises to each of us is not found in a job or money or possessions or a new relationship status. It's deeper communion with God right where you currently are. Now this is not to say that material things and relationships are unimportant. They are goods that can support and sustain a flourishing life. Yet true flourishing is far beyond those things. It's in the life with God that Jesus invites us to come and to see. So in conclusion, this morning we've considered two pressing existential issues. The seeming futility of our labor and the question of the fulfillment that we seek in life. In response to futility, we should remember that we're created by God, called by name, comforted by God's action, and then commissioned to serve. That's who we are in Christ. And by remembering that, we put our labor into proper perspective. It's a gift from God that neither defines us nor determines our value. That's work for God alone. And in response to Jesus' question, what are you looking for? We should accept his invitation to come and see, rather than to seek constantly after pleasures that are shorter in duration. For it is only with God that we find what we're truly looking for, genuine intimacy, and blessings that can be enjoyed always. So these lessons set us a challenge for the week ahead. 
Let us determine where we're laboring in vain. And let us instead decide to come and see that happiness is found in God's presence. May God give us the strength to do this. Amen.